Well, as Deb mentioned a few moments ago, you know, each of us have a story. And I think particularly during the Christmas season, it's important for us to see our story as part of the bigger story of what God is doing. Now, one of the things I appreciate about Christmas is it can, it can be an opportunity to catch up with people just to hear more about their story. I mean, at least for us, we, we will get Christmas letters from different people or Christmas cards that just update us. Maybe we haven't seen them in a while. I was at a conference last week, and one of the highlights for me of this conference was sitting at a dinner table in a banquet and being surrounded by six other guys that I've known for over 20 years and just catching up and hearing their stories. Christmas is a time where we get to do that. But this morning, as, as we think about your story, maybe even what your story has looked like in 2018, I want you to take a few moments and be open to the ways in which your story can actually be connected to the story of Habakkuk. If you're new this morning, it's great to welcome you on this holiday weekend. Thank you for being a part of our church. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the story of this Old Testament prophet by the name of Habakkuk. And and this morning, I really want to challenge you, and and we're going to invite you in maybe some unusual ways to see connections between your story and his story. In fact, in a few moments, I'm going to invite you to get up and in a tangible way respond to the story. Now, we're not going to ask you to put on sandals or dress in robes. But what I I want you to do as you think about this year, as you think about your life right now, is just to be open to the ways in which your life and Habakkuk's life may actually have similarities. And I want you to be open to the possibilities that there are actually some things you can learn from him in terms of how to engage the circumstances that you are facing. So with that in mind, let me, let me just remind you of the story. Maybe some of you haven't been with us, so I'll, I'll kind of bring you up to speed as well. But the story of Habakkuk is the story of a guy who, who in his life is very frustrated at the circumstances around him. He looks around him and all the cultural indicators are moving in a downward trend. He looks around him in the land of Judah and he sees a lack of justice. He sees people in positions of power that are abusing their power and nothing is being done about it. He sees a justice system that has failed. He sees people that have been identified as people of God, but they're not taking that relationship seriously. And and so all the things around him are moving in a negative direction. And in the midst of this, he's frustrated. Where is God? What's God up to? Why is this happening? All these questions, this frustration, this concern, this disappointment is swirling around in his head. And so he goes to God and he he goes after God. He pursues God. He, He questions God. He raises issues with God. And this may sound surprising to you, but it's something we see throughout the pages of Scripture. And For people in relationship with God, this kind of conversation is called a lament. It's a conversation people have with God when they're in moments of distress or pain or uncertainty and they just come before God honestly with their questions, with their concerns. And Habakkuk does this. Okay, God, where are you? Why is this happening? Look at this injustice. Shouldn't you be doing something? And he raises these questions with God. And God responds. 
right? And God says, okay, I just want you to know I'm not absent. I'm actually at work. In fact, I am going to bring justice on all the things that are concerning you, but I'm going to do it through the nation of Babylon. The nation of Babylon is going to destroy your country as an act of my justice. And now Habakkuk, I mean, he's just at a loss, right? I mean, now th- I mean it's like he, he has concerns, but God gives him an answer, and his concerns go from bad to worse. What do you, what do you mean you, how, you're going to use this evil empire? I mean, from my perspective, all it looks like is the bad guys are winning, and they're only going to continue to win. And that's just the way the world works. So here's Habakkuk. He's engaging God. He's questioning God. But he's stuck now in this moment he doesn't fully understand. Okay, so now here's a point where it's possible to to ask this question. Do Do you see your life in any way connected to his? Now, I ask that question carefully. I realize in some ways his, his situation is, is totally unique, not to be repeated. And yet, I do think there can be some similarities. I mean, there can be some similarities in, in us today finding ourselves in, in moments where we don't understand, where we're confused, where it feels like this isn't fair, this isn't right, whatever this is, and Nothing's happening. And we wonder, where, where is God in this? Is he even there? Can I trust him? Do, do you know moments like this? Has there been a moment like this for you in 2018? Do you know seasons like this? Maybe seasons that you seem to be stuck in now where there's no relief, no rescue in sight. And I'm just here. If, if you know that, in some ways you can see yourself in the story of Habakkuk. There's a connection between your story and his. As you think about that... <laughs> How have you responded? You know, I mean, one of, the, one of the fascinating things about Habakkuk is in this moment, he doesn't just walk away, right? You're confused. You feel let down. Got all these promises of God, but they all seem like empty promises. But he doesn't back away. And this is, I think this is something for us to learn. And we need to kind of pay attention to this in our own lives because I don't know about you, but when you hit those moments of uncertainty, doubt, confusion, it just seems so easy to walk away. And this can take different forms. Now, for some people, it's a pretty dramatic walking away. And to be honest with you, as a pastor, I've seen this. People hit one of these seasons in life and they, they, they walk away from church. They walk away from seeking God, from prayer, from scripture. They just kind of walk away from the whole thing. But for others of us, at times, I think this is more subtle. It's not that we walk away from church or or our spiritual practices like engaging God in prayer or engaging God in scripture. It's just we walk away in the sense that we're not really honest with God about what's going on, what we're thinking, what we're feeling. Maybe we're just going through the motions. And over time, it just creates this distance in that relationship. I was reminded of this even last week in my own life. I I mentioned I was at this conference. And to set this up, let me ask you a question. 
Is there anyone in your life that you would say, whenever I'm around this person, I feel like I'm never measuring up to their expectations? I, I don't meet their standard. I, you know, it, it's just a vibe they give off or things they say, ways they look at me, how they interact, but I just feel like I never quite reach their standard. Do you know anybody? Is, does that happen to you or is this just me? But I'll just keep talking. We'll just assume, okay? So, <laughs> right? I'm just, you can nod. It's okay. For some of you, maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's been a parent. Maybe you are that parent. So I was at this conference, and it was great to see some of the friends, but one of the guys I ran into, we've known each other for years, and I can't fully explain it, but I just always feel like I never measure up. I never quite reach the standard. And we were in a conversation, and even as we were talking, somebody, another friend walks up, and all of a sudden, he's talking directly to this guy, and I just kind of feel a bit overlooked. And I realize this isn't a big deal. It, it feels almost petty mentioning it, but it, it hurt. And as I was standing there, there's just certain feelings and a certain sense of inadequacy that just started churning within. And as I was reflecting on the day, I realized, I, you know, I can't, you can't just close a day and pray and, and not pay attention to this. So I, I, I just realized I've got you know, to be honest with God about this. God, this is frustrating. Why do people do this? I even found myself asking, and why does it bother me so much? One of the things we learn when we try to connect our lives with that of Habakkuk is we need, we need to be honest with God and engaging him with those points of frustration and uncertainty and doubts, the questions. And maybe this morning that's just something you need to do. There's some situation where you, you just really need to be honest with God and lament. Of course, as Habakkuk does this, right, God kind of confronts him and says, Habakkuk, you need to live by faith. Habakkuk is told, you know what, you're going to have to wait. My justice will eventually work its way out, but... It's going to take time. And the truth was Habakkuk wouldn't live to see it. But Habakkuk, you've got, you've got to live by faith. You're going to have to wait, but as you wait, live by faith. You've got, you've got to trust me. You've got to lean into who I am and what I've done. You've, you've got to continue to engage me, even though you don't fully understand what's going on. And that's the challenge given to Habakkuk as he comes to God honestly. And as the book unfolds, I think he starts to take steps to do that because we get to chapter 3, and one of the ways Habakkuk is now leaning into God is just taking time to celebrate who God is, to praise him. And, and the way he does this is, is by looking back, about, by remembering what God has done. So, for instance, in Habakkuk chapter 3, we read these words, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. And in a very subtle way in the poetry of this book, he is looking back to the Exodus event, to God's deliverance of his people out of their bondage. 
And so what Habakkuk is doing now, once again, this is something we need to pay attention to. This is, this is a place where our lives can intersect with Habakkuk's because notice in the midst of the confusion and uncertainty, Habakkuk says, I will choose to remember who God is. I'm going to take time to celebrate. And so Habakkuk, he looks back. He looks back on what God has done and he just, he just, he is honest. Okay, God, I'm celebrating this reality of who you are and what you've done. And it's almost like Habakkuk says, okay, I don't, I don't understand the present. God, I don't understand what you're doing and what you've told me has been even more disappointing and confusing. It feels like this isn't going according to plan. But in the midst of our, my confusion, I'm going to remember what is certain. I'm going to remind myself of your character. I'm going to remind myself of your deliverance of the past. So notice Habakkuk looks to the past and allows the past to shape how he is engaging the present. I think there's, there's something for us to grab hold of here. There's something for us to learn here. I mean, even in the Gospels, right, the story of Jesus, there's, there's an interesting scene where he's, Jesus is out on a boat with his early followers, these disciples, and he's already spent an, some serious time with them. And as they're out on the boat, the, the waves begin to roar and the wind picks up and the, the boat starts to rock and it becomes a precarious situation even for seasoned sailors. And Jesus seems to be nonchalant. He's sleeping through it all. And so in desperation, the disciples wake him up and, and he calms the storm and settles the seas. And then he looks at the disciples and says, hey guys, where's your faith? And underlying that question, I think, was this principle. Guys, you've already spent time with me. You've already seen what I'm able to do. You've already seen my control of nature and how I respond to my critics. You have seen who I am. Now you need to bring the past into the present so that that experience shapes how you are engaging your current situations. And I think, once again, there's something for us to learn here, right? particularly for those of us who are followers of Christ, we need to be willing to, to remind ourselves of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, particularly at this Christmas season, to remember intentionally what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. And specifically, if you're in one of those cloudy, uncertain moments, this is an important take to step, and, uh, step to take, an important thing to remember from the life of Habakkuk to to remember the past, to remember what God has done through Jesus Christ, to remember specific ways that you have seen God at work, to celebrate that intentionally, maybe even over the last year, to celebrate God's faithfulness. So that if I am facing uncertainties, I don't know exactly where this situation is going, but I know how he has worked in the past. And I know that I can rely on him, therefore, in the present. So see, when you start to look at Habakkuk's story, you can start to see there can be connections that we need to pay attention to. Now, as I mentioned a few moments ago, we, we're going to give you a, a very concrete opportunity to engage Habakkuk's story to see your story as part of what we've been talking about. And to explain what we're going to do over the next few moments, Deb, I'm going to ask you to join me if you would.
As George has just shared with us, we've had the opportunity over these last weeks to engage uh, in scripture by reading Habakkuk's story and understanding um, his prayers of lament and also how he rejoiced. And so this morning, we want to give you an opportunity in a tangible way to respond in worship. We don't always ask you to do that. Often we, we, we might just be sitting and thinking. Today, we want you to potentially get up and process and think, but then also act on how the Spirit of God is stirring in your heart and how you can see your story in his story and how his story is being played out in your story. So we have some instructions for you uh, that we want you to uh, understand and some opportunities by thinking about your response in four different ways. So first of all, one of the ways you can respond is by looking at the questions or the statements that are in your bulletin. And there are three statements there that you can, if you desire, just stay in your seat and reflect on those. Perhaps you want to write something down. You want a journal. We've given you a lot of uh, empty space in the bulletin today to to really think about those questions and then respond in a way based on how the Spirit is really stirring in you. What's he saying to you? But then we have some other ways for you to respond as well. One of them involves our wailing wall. So if you look at this picture on the screen, you'll see the wailing wall as it is in Jerusalem today. George, you and your family were just there this summer and had the opportunity to to just see the people that come. And the, and the wailing wall is an opportunity for them to lament, to process what, what they're thinking about and what God is saying to them. And then they'll, they'll take some slips of paper and they'll put it in the crevices in the wailing wall as their lament, as they pray to God. Well, we've given you today our own version of the Wailing Wall, and it's back on the back wall to my left, your right. And so, again, as we look at the instructions on the screen, I want you to know that one of your opportunities now is to write down your own lament. Perhaps there's a, a prayer that you would want to write. Even as, as Habakkuk said, yet I, w- I will wait patiently for the Lord. During this time, maybe there's a struggle, there's an issue that has just been an ongoing uh, part of your life, and it's been hard. We want you to take the opportunity in a few minutes to, to go back to the wailing wall. There are some sticky notes there and some pencils. And feel free to write on those sticky notes just the prayer that you want to give before the Lord, something that's heavy on your heart, something that you have been been struggling with. But even in the midst of that, we also know that God gives us things to celebrate. And so to my right, your left, we have another wall. And this is our celebration wall. And so there, there are some other sticky notes for you as well, where you can write on there, what are you thankful for? We're in a season of, of Thanksgiving. What are you praising God for? How can you celebrate him? Habakkuk also said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. How are you rejoicing? And so you have several opportunities where you can just quietly get up from your seat, go back to one of those walls or both, because just because we are in a season perhaps of lament doesn't mean we're also not celebrating. 
that there can be both things true in our lives. But in addition, there's another opportunity for you, and that's if you go back uh, to the back of the sanctuary, around the sound booth area, there will be some individuals there who are ready to pray with you. Perhaps you would just like someone from our church body to, to hear what's on your heart and, and to just pray with you. There is such joy in praying with other people in the body of Christ, and we want to invite you to do that as well. So this season, this time in our service now, this act of worship, we're going to give you about 10 minutes to do this. So this is not just a minute or two. It's an opportunity for you to, to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you and then to respond in an act of worship. And so families, you may be saying, well, what about us? This is an, a great time for you to be with your children and to ask them, is there something that you're sad about right now? Is there something that's hard for you right now? Maybe there's something on your child's heart and they haven't really shared it with you, but this would give them an opportunity to do so. Or maybe there's something that you want to celebrate as a family. And so I would invite you then to go back to the celebration wall and to write on that sticky note and put it on that wall and to just use it as a time to praise God. So you have four different ways to respond. And however you respond uh, is up to you. Experience that freedom within your own heart to respond, though, to how the Spirit of God is moving you. And as we think about Habakkuk's story and are, and are reminded that we have a story, too, and that God is at work in that story. And so I'm going to pray for us now, and then I'm going to invite you to respond and however the Spirit is leading you. Father, we thank you for this time that we have. Thank you for your word and what we have learned from the story of Habakkuk, from his life. And I pray now, Lord, that you would uh, just give us the freedom to respond in however you are stirring us. Help us to be aware of your spirit in us and how you lead and guide and direct. So we just commit this time, this act of worship, to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. When you hear the band um, come back and begin to sing, that will be the, the signal that our time of uh, reflection and worship has concluded. <laughs>